This is the Bulls on the Birds podcast episode number 12 coming to you from Chester County on Monday night where the Eagles just whooped up on the Vikings. Big time. Big time. <laughs> and that was not something we had predicted. We had predicted no. this to be a loss on the Eagles yeah, schedule. I like the way this is trending so far. I do too. So let's just start out with uh, some encouragements that you saw from the game. I think the MVP of the game, at least on the offensive side, has got to be Jalen Hurts. Oh, yeah. He just looked incredible tonight. Fantastic. He played lights out. 26 of 31 for 333 yards. I would say the thing that I was most encouraged with his play was how much he utilized multiple wide receivers. Yeah. He didn't have a favorite target this game. He hit Quez Watkins deep. He was hitting A.J. Brown over the middle. He was hitting Dallas Goddard all sorts of places, including on a couple of tight end screens. Yeah. He hit Miles Sanders coming out of the backfield. And one point that you had mentioned last week, you said everyone was going to make a big deal about Devontae Smith not getting much much action in week one. Right. Worrying if that was going to be a trend. And you said, no way, Devontae Smith will be back. And sure enough, yeah. first play of the game, a pass to Devontae and Smith. And you know they were going And to you him. know they were going to Because him. they wanted to make a statement. Hey, that, that was an aberration. You got it. And then Devontae Smith goes on to have a fantastic Great game. game. Agreed. Absolutely. So that was the thing that I was most encouraged by watching Hurts play, and I think it's indicative of, one, how good the offensive play calling is coming yeah. from Steichen, yeah. but also indicative of Hurts being able to go past his first read, which was something I did not see from him last year and the year before. Right. If you're getting as many receiving targets as he's getting in the mix consistently, yeah. you have to be going past your first read. Absolutely, and I agree with you. His eyes downfield that are, are much better. There were some times when he could have just tucked it away and kept running and had some room, but he kept his eyes downfield and hit some guys. I was super impressed by that. We said last week he committed to the run too quickly. Right. And we wanted him to be more like Mahomes, who even when he commits to the run, still keeps his eyes downfield, finds a new target. Yeah. And he did a lot of that this week. He did. And another Mahomes-like thing he did is he's starting to protect himself, which I like seeing. Taking some slides rather than a hit. Forget the extra yard or two. You could see that he was thinking about that, and hopefully the coaches are coaching him up on it. I agree. They must be. And I think this was one of the first weeks watching Jalen Hurts play, saying not just this guy could be our franchise QB, but I want this guy to be our yes. franchise QB. Yeah. He looked incredible tonight. And with that in mind, it was Really relieving seeing him slide on some of the plays. It, it was, <laughs> yeah, because you're you're right. If we're starting to think, hey, this is our franchise guy, and I think that's got to be going through a lot of people's minds. You don't want him taking those kind of hits, and I'm happy to see him slide or take it out of bounds rather than getting hit because he did. He looked really good today, not just physically, but in his understanding of the game. I totally agree. Another thing I love seeing out of Hurts. He continues to be fearless about slinging the ball across the middle. Yeah. And he was threading the needle last week, and he continued to thread the needle this week. A.J. Brown just continues to be a a dominating presence in the middle of the field. And we talked about that. What would some of the intangibles that A.J. Brown uh, would bring? And besides the leadership, it was opening the field up, specifically over the middle. I'll make a prediction for next week or the following week. 
I think we'll start to see Zach Pascal make his his way more into the passing game. I like that prediction. That's, that's the one thing I haven't seen a lot of. He did get a couple throws today, but I think we'll start to see him coming across the middle as well. And you, you can almost see the passing game developing. It's in its incipient form right yeah, now, right. but you just know it's going to be something dynamic yeah. in the future. And I think that's actually why we had so much success with the draw plays this yeah. week. Draws were so effective, and I think the reason they were effective was because our passing game was so dynamic. It was convincing when Hertz is dropping back. The defense yeah. thinks he's going to pass, yeah. and then all of a sudden, two seconds later, we're dumping it off to Sanders, and it goes for 10 to 15 yards. Yeah, yeah. And we were talking last week with all the pressure on him in the pocket. Where are the screenplays? Yes. Where are the draws? And we saw that this week. That was great to see. We did. Another week-to-week improvement. The last yeah. thing I'll say about Hertz's game, what I like to see, for the second week in a row, he has a pass that goes longer than 50 yards. Yeah. So there is a legitimate deep ball threat developing here. That was a beautiful ball he threw to Quez Watkins. And man, was Watkins open. Watkins was wide open. That was great. It's a shame his one long ball, the 34-yarder, got canceled by a penalty because had he had that, he'd have been over 100 yards. Yeah, and I think it would have been on three receptions, yeah, right? It would have been exactly. like three receptions for 116 yards Which or something. totally makes sense when you think of the speed that Quez Watkins has, and we talked about that. This is a guy who can go deep. And I think the last thing it really cemented was the fact that we do not need Jalen Rager. Our wide receiver core oh, is unbelievably good. Yeah. So I would say that was one encouragement, right? Seeing oh, Jalen Rager right. in a non-Eagles in a uniform. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. The different color uniform. That was beautiful. And, oh, the fans. Oh, man. man. I, and I'll I tell you what. At one point, I'm like, you know, he, he really wasn't that bad. It's kind of, but it's like, right. you know what? This is Philly, baby. It Embrace is. it. Right. You're going to get booed <laughs> if you come back as a first-round draft pick who disappointed even, talk smack on social media yeah, even Troy Aikman picked it up and mentioned something about it which <laughs> is did. good to good to hear you got the Philly treatment he did, oh yeah he, he, I think he had a couple plays there for the for the yeah, Vikings I tell you what he might have been their biggest ground gainer encouragements on the offense love to see him how about encouragements on the defense when you have three picks in the red zone that's incredible and I don't think there's any question about who the defensive MVP, MVP is. It's yeah. got to be Darius Slay. Big play Slay. Man, did he have a big game. He shut Justin Jefferson down. I think he they did? said when Slay was guarding Jefferson, Jefferson had six targets and only one reception. Yeah. And Slay had two INTs, which means Cousins <laughs> connected with Slay more than he connected oh, with Jefferson when great. he passed Jefferson's way. Oh, that's awesome. And this is what I love to see. We said Jalen Hurst is the MVP of the offense, and Darius Slay is the MVP of the defense. Yeah. This is the Eagles' first primetime game. It's Monday night football. It's against a really good NFC North team yeah. who is a perennial playoff contender. Right. And in big games like that, you're afraid of seeing your rookies back down a little bit. And so the rookies are really going to look to the dynamic play of the leaders on the team. Yeah. The captain on the offense is Hurts. The captain on the defense is Slay. And they both had monster games. They and did. I think they elevated the entire team's play. You could tell the whole team reacting to that and following their lead. Not just Slay's play. All the defensive backs continue to impress me yeah Bradbury looked good and I was especially impressed with Avante Maddox he himself almost had a couple of interceptions yeah this week he had one and almost picked up a second one what'd you think of the linebackers this week I saw a noticeable improvement finally started to hear Hassan's Reddick name a little yeah. bit I don't know if they were 
making him drop back and pass coverage less or what Gannon did to change a defensive scheme. One thing that I loved, and it was such a stark contrast between what we were doing on the offense and what the Vikings were doing on the offense. Yeah. We were throwing the ball into the middle of the field with great success. Right. The Vikings could not get anything in the no. middle of the field going primarily be because of how good our linebacker yeah. play was. Our linebackers pass coverage, like you said, TJ Edwards, Kazir White looked awesome, especially over the middle of the it field. It really did. And then you look at a running back like Dalvin Cook and how they shut Dalvin Cook down. That's the linebackers and that's the D-line. I saw the D-line show up this week. Yes. That was great to see. That was a huge encouragement. That was great to see. And Dalvin Cook is not only just one of the premier running backs in the league. I think the stat that I saw was since 2017, he's the second most all-purpose yard back in the NFL. Yeah. Only behind Christian McCaffrey. Right. And he's particularly well-known for his ability to run between the tackles. Right. And he got nothing going between he the did, tackles. Yeah, absolutely. You shut down Justin Jefferson, you shut down Cook, and Cousins doesn't have a, a big game, probably a disappointing game. Yeah, three interceptions. Yeah. Actually, I think what they were saying about Cousins going into this game was he has the highest quarterback rating among any other quarterback That's of right. all time against, against the Eagles. Eagles. It was yeah. like 112. You know that number is going down after oh, this yeah, game. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It just makes you appreciate the moves, how he made in the offseason on the defense. Adding Bradbury. Epps picking his game up. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson yeah. getting involved with the Blitz game this yeah. week. That was cool to see. Yeah. That was one big encouragement that I had. I was very frustrated with Gannon's scheme Yeah, I didn't last know what week. his scheme was last week. I didn't know week. what his scheme was last week. We weren't getting pressure on the quarterback, and we gave up 35 points to a good Lions team, but I don't right. think they're a dynamic offense. Right. They're at best middle of the road. Right. So exactly. I was really scared coming into this game, thinking of the weapons the Eagles were going to face in the form of Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook. Yeah. And they met the challenge, and I was very impressed with Gannon's scheme. He was blitzed a lot more. Absolutely. Kirk Cousins did not look comfortable in the pocket. Not at all. He did not look comfortable at all. The Vikings couldn't get anything over the middle of the field. Justin Jefferson was shut down. Dalvin Cook was shut down. Right. I would like to see a little more pressure on the QB just yeah. in general. Yeah. Gannon really is conservative with his blitz. Right. But I'll tell you what, the blitz that the blitz that he did call this week were uh, right on the money in terms of yeah, timing. Well timed. Yeah. You could see a scheme developing on you could. the defense this week. It's kind of like what you said with the offense, just like you see the passing game in its incipient form. Right. You really began to see the defense as a defensive unit and not just kind of a random bunch of talented yeah. players. Yeah. This game, I think, surprised a lot of people because I think a lot of people were expecting a shootout. It surprised you know? me. You had mentioned it earlier. Marcus Epps, he yeah. is embodying the legacy of Dawkins yeah, I think so. and Jenkins. He's becoming a big hitter. Yeah. And the psychological toll that will take on receivers coming across the middle of the field. Yes. I think we'll mount over time as Epps gets that reputation. Yeah. I love to see that, man. Yeah. We talked earlier about Malkin Jenkins saying, you don't have to be Malkin Jenkins. You don't have, have to, to be, be Brian, Brian Dawkins. Dawkins. Be Marcus Epps. Yeah. And you can see he's starting to be Marcus Epps, and he looks a lot like Dawkins <laughs> Jenkins and, and Dawkins. Jenkins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I so agree. That's good to see. What were some of the other encouragements you saw out of this game? The D-line showing up was big for me. Linebacker play was big. 
the defensive scheme. Cousins is no slouch. He's a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback. Yeah. The three turnovers in the red zone, that that was just huge. Absolutely massive. Yeah. Anything else you saw that we're skipping over? The Eagles' first at-home game. Right. And when you look at their record last year, they That's were, an excellent They point. did not have a good presence on their home field. Right. They really did not have anything such as home field advantage. Yeah. We played a lot better on the road. Yeah. And it really felt like we had home field advantage yeah. against the Vikings. It really did. You're right. And to open up our home games in that manner is super exciting to see. Saw a bunch of superstars there. Right. Right. Bradley Cooper. Some other big time Philly athletes like uh, Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper. James Harden. James Harden. I think Slay gave James Harden the, yeah, the, I, him, the INT the at one point. <laughs> yeah. That was great. A lot of people say uh, Philly's not a place big name players want to come. But it's good to see Clay do that. And Harden's been taking some knocks, man. Yes. He's kind of the guy who's out there going to the to the biggest paycheck. And we're like, look, are you really uh, committed to Philly? So it was good to see James Harden at an Eagles game. It reminded me a little bit of when USC was in their heyday back in the early 2000s when Pete right. Carroll was the head coach. Yeah. They were an unbelievable college football team. And all of a sudden... For a couple of seasons, you started seeing superstars show up on their sideline. Katy Perry and Snoop Dogg right, and you know, right. Little Wayne was showing up on their sidelines. And it was just this, this feel that this team was attractive. They're magnetic. Yeah. And that's almost the early feel that I get with the Eagles. Like, right now we just got the local super, superstars coming. Right. But if they continue to play at the level they're playing at, you could see this become kind of a national sensation team. You mentioned the Houston game, and we were wondering why that was a national game. Yeah, it very well could be the coming out party yeah. for the national darling, which the league may be setting up as the Eagles. In a couple of weeks, uh, Mike Trout will be back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Angels the ain't Angels going nowhere. <laughs> Agreed. So that'll be one more superstar in the stands. Not many discouragements to take away from a game like this. Right. And so I don't really want to frame this next part in terms of discouragements, but maybe just improvements. What are some of the improvements that you still would like to see the Eagles make? We touched on it earlier, but for how we statistically dominated this game, that didn't translate into as many points as it should have or as big a point differential as it should have. You're absolutely right. And here's what's wild. We had three interceptions in the red zone. Right. Imagine those interceptions become Vikings touchdowns. Yeah. That's 21 points. We lose this game 28 to 24. Exactly. So when you think between winning and losing, there was only 45 yards of conversion. Yeah. That's pretty scary. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we had to have had over 400 yards. On the offense, we did, yeah. And considerably. I over. don't know... If the Vikings got over 200 yards. I don't think they quite did. honestly. Yeah. I would like to see that translate more into better point differential, but a win's a win. That's right. They had a lot of drive stalled by did penalties. have a lot of drive stalled by penalties. Yeah. It seemed like tonight there were a lot of new offensive schemes, new offensive plays. Yeah. I saw some plays that I had never seen an, an Eagles offense run before. Right. I think we had three or four or ineligible wide ineligible, receivers downfield. Yeah, ineligible player downfield. And I wonder how much that has to do with players just not knowing where they should be on a particular play that's new to the playbook. 
I think that's a good point, and I, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. You think of the number of screens we had finally, and that's a play where you're going to get that kind of penalty absolutely. if your timing's not absolutely perfect. Yep. So if you're not working on that day one of camp and every day into week two here, you're going to get some of those penalties. So I, I agree with you. I think that was a, a huge contributing factor. That did change some uh, some drives. Some drive. Quez's 34-yard reception. That, got called back. That back and we ended that up hurt. Yeah. Yep. There are a couple couple drives that got stalled. I think that is certainly something we could improve on, just cleaning up the offensive penalties. And I would like to still see a little more pressure on the QB. Yeah, Um, to get a little more aggressive on the defense, I just think of the studs that we have in terms of pass rushers. Yeah. Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat, who I saw get involved a lot, Hassan Reddick. If we have these studs, why aren't we utilizing them in what they're best at, and that is getting getting pressure on the, the yeah, QB. And I just don't know why we're we're really not seeing that yet. I don't know if it's something with the defensive scheme. But that's something that I will be looking for in the coming weeks to see some improvement in. Just as we're seeing the offense start to blossom, yes. hopefully we'll see the same thing happen on the defense. And More that will translate into pressure on the QB, spe- specifically from the D-line and, and, and the ends. One thing I did not like seeing when we were ahead 24-7 towards the end of the game, we turned to that Jim Johnson prevent D. Yeah, I hate that. I hate that. And I hate it especially when the D is already in a groove. Yeah. They were dominating the Vikings during their normal play. Exactly. Why switch up the defensive scheme to this, give them 10 yards for free every single play? Right. The last thing that I'll say, especially with Hurts playing so well and beginning to think, man, this this guy could very well be our franchise QB. With about seven minutes left on the clock, we were up 24-7. I think before that drive even started, I had mentioned something like, I wonder if we'll see Minshew this right, game. yeah, I remember you saying that. They call a design run yeah. to Hurts, and he almost gets laid out. I don't understand that call. Yeah. I what? don't know. What, what do you have to gain to do that? What do you have to gain when you're up 24-7 to with seven minutes left? Yeah. Calling the design run for your quarterback. They went to the wide side, so he wasn't even that close to sidelines where he could run out of bounds. I, I, I just, I agree with you. I did not like that call at, at all. No reason to put him in that risk. Yeah, no reason to time, put it in especially. jeopardy. And if there's one thing that can derail this season, it's injuries. Yeah, that's and so a good point. any opportunity you get to avoid them, take it. Just the the step up in his game from week one to week two. No reason to put him out there taking hits like that. So let's just do a real quick recap of week two around the league. I think week week two cemented in my mind who the clear front runners are in the AFC. Absolutely. The Bills look like an absolute buzzsaw. Yeah. And they're just going to be a chainsaw through hot butter Yeah, on, on any team they come across, whether it's the Super Bowl champs from last year, the Rams, right. who they dominated in week one, or what should be a good team in the Titans. Yeah. Absolutely. Do- I'm making them look like a college team. This And the Titans were the number one ranked team in the AFC. Go- going into the playoffs last yeah. year, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they take out the number one team in the NFC, the Super Bowl champs, and then destroy them. And then they destroy the number one AFC team. They just look great. 
They look great. And then clearly the, head and shoulders above. Head and shoulders above the competition. The Chiefs look incredible as well. Yeah. They had a tight game with the Chargers, who I would put in the number three spot. Yeah, I agree. In the yeah. AFC. All the other teams outside those three will be on the outside looking in this whole year. I agree, year. yeah. And the only other team I would have included potentially with that group would have been the Bengals. But they're off to an 0-2 start. It does not seem like they've made the improvements they needed to make from last year. Mainly, improve your offensive line so as yeah. to protect Burroughs. Burroughs is still getting ham- hammered is, every single game. He hit hard yes. and a lot, very often. Yeah, the Bengals are off to an 0-2 start, and the Colts, that that would be the other another team that I would have thrown in that mix, and they're off to an 0-2 start. They got shut out. Now, here's what's wild. When we originally went through the, win and, the wins and losses we thought the Eagles were going to gain as they went through their right. schedule, we had put this Minnesota game as a sure loss. That's right. We had put the Arizona Cardinals game as a sure loss. Right. And I think we put the Colts as a, a pretty much a sure loss as well. The three weeks, week 11, 12, and 13, we have Indianapolis, Green Bay, and Tennessee. And we thought we'd take one of those three. Right, because we'll probably come out with one of them. But that's that could e- very easily, we thought, be an 0-3. Yeah. Absolutely. And Indianapolis looks horrible. Yeah. They're 0-2. They got dominated by the Jaguars in week two. Yep. So that's beginning to you look like a W. that as a W at this point. Tennessee is now 0-2, having lost to the Giants and been dominated by the yeah. Bills. Ryan Tannehill got taken out of the game and replaced by Malik Willis. Yeah. They just look like a flat team. Exactly. If that If that trajectory continues for the rest of the season, that looks like a W. And Derrick Henry, they shut Derrick Henry down this week. Yeah, and he was shut down last week, too. Yeah. So I think Tannehill is going to have to improve his passing game if they want to open up that run game. And that's that's going to be a tough way for Tennessee to win and get to the playoffs. That's going to be a tall order. They've always been a team where Tannehill manages a game, comes up with a couple decent plays, and they can make it into the number one slot in the AFC. If If you're putting the team on his back, I don't think that's going to work for Tennessee. So all that to say, first off, I wish we had hammered harder that eight-and-a-half game win line that we had at the beginning of the season because if you look at the schedule now, if the Eagles continue to play at this level, they're looking at 12-plus wins on the season. And I would say that's the most likely. Because you just mentioned those two games, and the game in the middle of those two, the three rough games we were talking about is Green Bay. Uh, They look human all of a sudden. Yeah, they really do. I think they're going to get better as the yeah. year continues. I mean, you said Aaron Rodgers is still gelling with a lot of these rookie wide receivers. Yeah, he, he, he makes wide receivers. And he does. there is a lot of talent there. It's just raw. Yeah, it's you just raw. You give him half a season to work those guys the way he wants them. They still have a strong running game. Yes. Really strong running game. As far as the NFC goes, what are some of the teams that have surprised you? The New York Giants being 2-0. and That's How about shocking, that? man. <laughs> Absolutely shocking. Their total point differential is four points. They won, oh, yeah. they won week one against the Titans by one, and they just beat, I forgot who they beat this week, but they beat them by three. They're efficient winners, right? <laughs> they are efficient They're winners. No wasted no movements. Doubt about that. Yeah. And here's what I thought was interesting. The commanders took a loss to the Lions, and we yeah. said that was going to be a theme this year, the Lions being better than most people yeah. expect them to be. The Lions could very well come away from this season with a win- winning record. Them taking out the Commanders. Now, that brings the Commanders 1-1. One one. 
as we play them next week. Yeah, and Carson Wentz, he's thrown some picks. He's he's liable to do that, but I remember you asking, should we be concerned about uh, Carson Wentz? Going on a revenge tour. Next week will be telling. Next week will be telling. I'll, I'll say this much. I think there would be more fear were it not for us having, I think, the best secondary yeah. in the entire NFC right yeah. now. I mean, James Bradbury and Darius Slay look awesome. They really do. And it seems like their presence is elevating the play of Avante Maddox and Zach McPherson. Right. After that performance tonight, I really fear no quarterback in this league other than Brady and, and Rodgers. Yeah. All right, DB, awesome show.